wildlings. I am so excited to um, introduce Ray and Laura of the Kantiki Oracle. This is a deck that has meant so much to me in my practice um, since I've received it. So I hope that you um, receive the wealth of wisdom that Ray and Laura impart on us in this episode. We love you so very much and enjoy the show. So why don't you guys tell us about how this project kind of got started? Like, how did you meet? How did this creative relationship really begin? Ray, do you want to begin? Sure, sure. Um, so I, I woke up one morning and I just had this feeling very strongly, like I needed to meet someone new. And I was working at this herb shop at the time. And um, Laura walked in that day and I was like, <laughs> you're the person <laughs> <laughs> you're the new friend <laughs> oh that's how I remember us meeting she was she just was so striking and um like unusual and interesting and just just she had this really beautiful regal quality to her um mm. very grounded and um at the same time very uh tuned in mm. yeah made the made made a move <laughs> it's so weird to have people behave that way I feel and yeah so like kind of oh it was striking and um I think that we she gave me her card and then we <laughs> there um met up and uh, worked together and started um you know, we both were practitioners. Um, Ray has her own private practice in mentoring. Um, mm. And she was doing other kind of divination stuff at that time or astrology, which she's no longer doing. And I was working as a tarot reader, teaching tarot. And we started merging some of our workshops together and offering workshops together. Um, and also, you know, we had this parallel. It's rare. It's like not rare. I guess I see it often in 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 the in in the mystic mystic community and healing community that there is this kind of interesting and um, beautiful intersection um, between art and um, and healing and 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 herbalism and and, and witchcraft and yeah you know, and all of these. Not that I necessarily identify with all of those things, but right. Ray and I are both very identified as artists. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the funny things that Esther and I have talked about a lot, just between the two of us, where we're like, we're surrounded by all these brilliant artists yes. and we're just like <laughs> podcasting. And then eventually yeah. when we, we wrote a book that came out last year and when we were writing our book, we're like, okay, we're writers and podcasting yeah. can be art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many people who are drawn to this sort of like world who are mm -hmm. such incredible artists in all yeah. sorts of mediums. So mm -hmm. it would make sense that eventually, if you're feeling very connected in general, that, and you're both artists, that that would kind of be a natural progression to sort of go towards working on a project together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how did the inception of this project occur? Like, where did that all start? You want to start that one, Laura? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had been um, working together and, you know, developing a friendship over many years. I think I met Ray in 2014. And I, 
um, during that period from 2014 to 2018, I was working on the Luminous Void Tarot, which I self-published and I completed it. Um, I had made a deal with Spirit. I just said that like, please make the deck arrive before my daughter came and it arrived the day before my daughter came. Oh, oh wow. And then um, I was postpartum and I went over to Ray's cottage when she was living here in the Bay Area. And um, I believe it was when I was postpartum. Those days were a little hazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Um, and she shared with me these um, fairy tale, like these, like these writings that she had done that verged on like fairy tale, but they were really lyrical and poetic and, and like just gorgeous. And I can remember sitting there having at least the felt sense of having been relatively isolated from other artists and other um you know, practitioners that were kind of reaching creatively into these other realms. And while she read to me, I can remember like, like being transported and um, feeling just this, this playfulness and this innocence um, and delight mm-hmm. uh, with, with these writings. And I think it was later, not that long later that Ray was like, Hey, would you like to illustrate these stories? And I said, well, how about an Oracle deck? Because they're like, <laughs> my, my quote unquote brand or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't even in there, yeah. I don't know, that might be more popular. <laughs> I also feel like when somebody creates one deck, their brain mm-hmm. is like, like just yeah. wired to wired. create more mm-hmm. decks. <laughs> well, and the good thing about decks is that you can have like a deck and a book so it's basically a two for one sort of deal. You can have both. And I love that you encouraged for both because we we are maximalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially having a book that is so complete, like it feels yes. so intrinsically part of the deck that mm-hmm. I, you really can't do one without the no. other. And the writing yeah. is so beautiful that I think that it's really neat to see how much you can kind of like transport people into the world of the cards and some. Yeah, yeah, totally. And one of the things that we really appreciate as people who collect decks, like we have, you know, a lot of decks, we review decks on the podcast all the time. It's like not, there isn't always a sense of who the artist is and, Mm -hmm. or if it's a joint collaboration between an artist and an author, who Mm -hmm. they are together kind of as a team. And I feel like starting the book off with kind of talking about where you both were sort of in your lives as all Mm -hmm. of this was sort of coming to fruition is a really cool way for the people who are like either new to using cards or who just really like and care about what artist backstory looks like to see sort of where you were. And I think that there's like some understanding of what things could have felt like when we have some personal history involved with it. So it's Mm -hmm. so strong to start off a book that way. And then just to transition into like here's how you can use it. Here's all of these different ways that right. these cards can be utilized. Here's all of these different things that you might want to consider is just like a really fleshed out idea rather than mm-hmm. just like having it be one or the other. So it's really cool when a project sort of feels so whole, yes. which is yeah. another beautiful thing about having them be round cards. If we're talking mm-hmm. about sort of cycles and completion and stuff, having a uniquely shaped card is also fantastic. Yeah. Although I guess Laura, that's kind of your brand also because Luminous Void is also a unique shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luminous Void is based off of um, medieval playing cards from like the 15th century. So it's a little mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah, they're, those are really, they had to like cut a special thing for those. Particular- <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, wow. I was definitely dead. Like, like that's one thing that I, I was really wanting was the, was the circular to go circular the next time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a little bit easier probably to make that happen because circular is an established, more of an established shape for a card than oblong. Um, but obviously we've already probably dropped in a little explanation to our sweet listeners who are like, what is going on with everyone's audio quality? So I don't know what the, any of this is going to look like when we're actually recording, but in case we end up having to cut parts out because it just doesn't make any sense in the context. I just want to talk more about how each of the cards has this like very extensive content per card, which Mm -hmm. we really love. Um, and I love how it's both like narrative, but also instructional, Mm-hmm. And I think that that really strengthens people who are maybe new to Oracle or new to divination in this method, or even new to trying to feel connected to the earth, because this does have such a ecological sort of focus throughout the whole thing. There's like tangible things you can be doing depending on how you opt to use the deck. And I think that that's really cool. There's like a lot of information about symbolism, which since Esther and I wrote a book about the history of tarot (laughs) art, we know that that's can be really hard to track down. So it's so beautiful when people Mm -hmm. are so open about the symbolism they've chosen and why, because I think a lot of like, there's been periods of esotericism where we're just sort of like guessing what symbolism people Mm -hmm. were using and kind of placing some of our modern contexts on historical symbolism. So Mm -hmm. it's so nice to have that kind of laid out. But there's also both general guidance, like internal growth guidance, and then also the ecology connection, which is sort of like ecological guidance of like actual tasks that you can be doing to feel more connected to the world around you. And I think that that's just really, really lovely. And they're actual activities for the most part. Like there are things Mm -hmm. that you can go into the world and do. So yeah. When you were like going to write all these sections, Ray, was there like a moment where having all of the specific subsections became very clear that it was necessary? Like, did you go in with the structure already in mind and then write the pieces for each of them? Or was it something that kind of developed as you were beginning the writing process? Well, it, it began, it began at the beginning. (laughs) 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 And, um, so initially, I think there was just the symbology, guidance, practice, and creative prompt. Okay. So those okay. Those four sections. Mm-hmm. And then Laura was like, I want the stories in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> give the people what we want, right? <laughs> but I'll try. And so and then and then uh and then we we decided together, I think I already explained we we mm-hmm. didn't we added in the the ecology Mm -hmm. and I I was just thinking to just make an ecological connection and Laura was like let's have an an action that they can do and I was like okay we love yes (laughs) Yes. we love actions we do I was like well yep there's the creative practice and there's Uh the practice and yes let's have let's have an environmental practice so (laughs) yay (laughs) and then I was like oh well we should have keynotes because this is just like too much information and most people Uh are want to be like what does this mean (laughs) right well we were Esther and I were talking about that before we even started recording that I feel like Mm -hmm. one of the difficult things about being an oracle deck creator is that people Mm -hmm. really like instruction and so uh, like every friend we have who creates oracle decks gets so many DMs and emails about basically asking for the information that you're just including they, in the they, book. They will do this. They will be like, 
looking to from the green leaves why did you use this yellow color why is this canary yellow color there <laughs> yeah. they will ask that literally we have what seen specifically DMs. do you mean and so what having them all be included is so helpful <laughs> yeah because then yeah. people you can just kind of direct them to the guidebook like that's what you were thinking that's what you mm -hmm. included and then hopefully it'll cut down on that kind of chaos of like people needing specific instructions yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you move forward yeah and just as as someone who you know, I, I was very influenced by Angelus Arian's book on the Tarot, which I was just mm -hmm. like, this is so thorough. And and I think Laura mentioned that she's a big fan of that as well. Mm -hmm. And so that that's always been a huge influence. And my first teacher, um, uh, a spiritual teacher, uh, that was like one of the textbooks mm -hmm. <laughs> that, we, mm -hmm. that we worked out of. So, so I'm very like yeah. steep yeah and so i that's what i come from and if mm -hmm. if something doesn't meet that standard i'm not interested mm -hmm. and so i wasn't going to create anything that was that people that left people hanging like, right yeah totally yeah. especially like yeah. you're coming to an oracle because mm -hmm. you're confused yeah. yeah uh i did have a question did you intentionally set out to create a one card for every week of the year or did it sort of just like become like a happy accident that way that you could kind of you know use these icons in that manner well we we didn't really know what we were creating <laughs> um and uh eventually that idea came to me and when i ran it by laura she she was like, that's cool. I've never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, so that was the green light and we went ahead and did, went with that, but that was, that was like already, I think three years in. Okay. Okay. Or some, some, it was a while in, it was mm -hmm. close to, close to when we were, <laughs> we were just like, when is this going to end? <laughs> and 52 was, was a nice say. ending point. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> It oh. feels like there's probably a moment where you're like, wow, we really could just keep doing this forever. And then there's sort of like a, but how much, how much do we want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because it is a difficult process to not only create the art, but continue at this pace. So it's, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad for yourselves that you were able to stop at some point, <laughs> even though oh, I yeah. want more cards at all times. I want all of the bonus packs, but stopping is always good. I was going to say when your publisher reached out to us about chatting about this deck, it felt like a really good fit because one of Esther's like most sleepless anxiety induced yes. thing involves ecological disaster. Yes. <laughs> and so all of the connection with the earth stuff that's going on with this deck, I thought would be a really helpful tool for Esther specifically yeah. to have yeah. access to. But I know that when you're somebody who feels really connected to the earth, that's kind of a lifelong thing, but has all of your art sort of been so related to bridging that gap between like us being people and us being people in this world. Ray, do you want to answer first and then, and then I can go. Um, sure. Um, so, uh, I guess that my, like I've always just felt so in love with nature and um, and then befuddled by being a human, right? Because we're animals, yeah. but then we have yeah. these like minds 
<laughs> and we forget that we're animals because we get so fixated with our minds and then we forget that we're on the earth and that we're part of it. And mm-hmm. um, so, so my art mostly does, I, I think, revolve around that, that um, how do we, how do we plug our feet back in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, uh, in one form or another. And just the, the ecological changes that we're in are, I'll admit, I'm very scared. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, there were just horrible forest fires and I couldn't go outside without a mask Mm -hmm. in my favorite season. Yeah. You know, and I was walking in forests lit up by the ash of other forests. Is there anything more terrifying and haunting than that? Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so, wild how dark the sky can feel. And then it feels even more easy to sort of like try to disassociate from being present, experiencing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. so scary. Yeah. It's interesting hearing you say that. I wasn't even thinking of this, Ray, but we began the project in 2018 or really early 2019 fuzzy, like when it like really formally began in my mother's house, um, she lost her home in a forest fire in November of 2018 when my um, child was just four months old. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah. And it's, it's one of these situations where, you know, we're, you know, we're seeing, we're really able to see right now how much hasn't been done right. and how much, how much we need to kind of awake, you know, awaken to what can, can be done and um, my sense is um, at least my commitment and excitement around um, the ecological aspect woven into the project, you know, first and foremost was healing for me to just say, this is something that I'm doing and mm-hmm. I'm devoted to and I'm interested in. And at least in the context of like art making and my art, like my art making for me has always been um it's always been this place where I can touch um, like this, this ever, this ever, like, like this ever, like this flow that's always Mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. And when I'm, when I'm making art and when I, um, and, and the art also operates as a channel to those realms and specifically the deck is infused with all of this water element because it's all watercolors. And so then the water Mm -hmm. spirits are assisting in that connection. Um, and so, you know, the art has this one component of it's healing me and it can assist in healing you. And then the overarching deck has this concept of ecology, which is really needed, you know, on a global scale, but -hmm. we're in this mess because we've lost the connections to really listening to the intricacies and the, you know, what, what, um, the natural world, the natural world is alive. We don't necessarily always think of it as being alive. Mm. Um, and if we can relate to it, you know, like imagine if the trees, I've heard this, um, this teacher, um, his name, Daniel, um, what is his name? He wrote ancestral medicine and I'll I'll get his name. You know, you know who he is. Um, (laughs) um, Daniel four. And he, he, I've heard him say things like, you know, we need to have, um, 
you know, the redwood trees and the woodpeckers, they need to have representation in Congress too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and so I feel like Cantagia, at least for me, um, is this ability for us to bring more connection um, in our own lives to the natural world so we can understand that it's, you know, A, we, there's things that we can do on an individual level, mm-hmm. but also that it's living and, you know, we can, when we're healing, we're helping heal the earth. Mm, yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. Really I think that the, like from as for as long as I've known Esther, that's been a really hard thing for her to sort of like find balance with is like the personal responsibility versus like how much can one individual make a difference. And I think that having a deck like this, that's sort of focused on how an individual could make a difference and just healing the world around them. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful to have it sort of frameworked that way rather than, because I think it's easy to say like, it's not me, Holly, I'm not the problem. It's corporations and all of that might be true, but there's still ways that we can connect more closely with the ecology around us to make it so that, in ways we can, we can be there in like real major ways rather mm-hmm. than just like making sure that I'm recycling when I remember to or whatever. I'm actually pretty good yeah. about it. I was raised in Northern <laughs> California. Who am I kidding? <laughs> but still, yeah. there's always yeah. room for growth. <laughs> yeah. Because you always, there's always this compulsion to like, oh, I need to do more. I have, and it's almost becomes, for me, it became an obsession where it's like, if I'm not doing this and you feel very deeply guilty. But it's, I think, in using this deck, you're able to, instead of trying to do all you physically can to connect, to make things right, you're now connecting in a spiritual, emotional way to what is going on around you. And that this sort of like gives you that sort of, um, that road, I guess, or that toll booth road to like shortcut it, I guess, if that makes any sense, like. It's, it allows you to kind of like hyperspeed instead of trying to, I must, you know, guilt myself into doing these steps to make it better, if it makes any sense. Right. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was really, I think maybe this would be helpful to illustrate something about the, how the deck works. Like, so it's, they're circular cards, right? Right. And, and everything is about cycles, right? So the, um, there's an overarching cycle to the 52 cards but there's all these ways in which cycles are interplaying even around the idea of ecology so Mm -hmm. when we initially began working together we were just creating a fantastical deck that was also a creative prompt deck the ecological thing came in later Mm -hmm. and um so laura had told me before we did this before we began this project that she and her husband we're gonna make this round ecological oracle deck and Mm -hmm. so i felt that was like this separate project that she was going (laughs) to do in the future and so i wasn't touching that um as as her collaborator in this project right so that like for me they were these separate concepts but as i was writing and doing my my work with this i was like everything that i create is about nature yeah. And every one of these stories and archetypes that that I'm coming up with are from are inspired from nature. So I want to give back to the source. Yeah. And so so I I I like was nervous about asking her if we could combine what we were doing with her 
idea to, of what she was going to do with with her husband and she was like yeah that sounds great <laughs> like or at least that's how I remember it like there was no hesitation and um so but then what I want to say about that is that what one of the things that I'm really trying to convey in the book there is this idea that when you connect more deeply with nature you will have clarity about yeah the right ways to take action because you'll be connected. You'll know, you'll know where your care really is directing you and where your care directs you is where you're going to do your greatest work. Mm-hmm. Well, and the deck also assists you in connecting in that way. So it's right. this, this, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's support, it's supporting those processes. Mm-hmm. Cause there's guidance. Yeah. There's it's like all, general it's all guidance. Connected. You look and Esther's already done, a, Esther's already used the deck quite a bit. Yeah. And yeah. she like, because as we've also discussed, she has this kind of like immense, like anxiety that she can't break out of the language about surrounding mm-hmm. ecology and all of that right. stuff. It's like really helpful to not just be in a cycle of panicking, but then to actually mm-hmm. have like, I can pull a card from this deck and figure out something I can actually do. Like I can right, right. do now to make myself feel better about stuff. Mm-hmm. Esther, could I ask you about your experience as as someone using the deck for that reason? So for for me, the language, like a lot of time with like ecological decks and things like that, it's very open-ended. Like here is this flower, here's this meaning of the flower, here's how you can kind of connect to the energy of this flower. Like, oh, here's this for patience, that sort of thing. The way that like I'm just picking up the top one here, a swan in a crowd of crows. The language initially on the card is very, like it invites curiosity. It doesn't invite immediately like like the sense of, this means patience. This means that in your, your environment right now, you should have patience. It invites the curiosity. And then to open up the book, I went there. I think I drew the tree of Caduceus like uh, two days ago or something like that. And instead of me panicking about needing to do something about this thing for that day, or especially when it comes to like the oncology and the environment, where my mind automatically goes to guilt, shame, I'm not doing enough, things like that. It went to an internalization where I could then internalize that message for myself. It's not necessarily, it can be an external practice where you can do something for your environment, but it's sort of like, fixing yourself before you fix the world almost and in the way that I've been using it sort of for the past I think I got it about a week ago I think and so it's it's just been really meaningful in that way where it doesn't immediately tell you on the face what it is you have that invites that curiosity that sort of like initial prompt and then when you dive in deeper you're you're allowed to kind of like choose your own path in what way you need it that day and for me it's just been meaningful to not feel pressured or guilt about like oh this this little otter is going to die today because of the water cleanliness you know issues it's not that because my mind will automatically go there if i see that sort of card where it's Mm -hmm. like i'm not doing enough or oh this thing has to be addressed immediately you know where that's where my anxiety flows it invites me instead to internalize that meaning and you know, if for that day, I need it more of as a creative prompt. Sure. Great. Go ahead. I can do that. But some days I don't, some days I need to just dwell with it and be still with it. So that's sort of 
I, I hope that's a good explanation for what I've been experiencing. I'm a novice still. So, so, but that's sort of like how it's developed for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all experiences are valid. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's one of the cool things about having the icon and portal specifically is that there are, mm-hmm. there is sort of this thing where you can like use it as an icon. If it's something that you want to focus on Esther, you can just mm-hmm. have it up yeah. as sort of like the iconography to focus on. Yeah. And if you want to spend time thinking about its specific meaning, you can turn to the portal, which has like specific questions. Like yeah. I'm looking at the, you don't know where you are, but you're free card two. Mm-hmm. that like was the first I mean, it's obviously the second card of the whole deck, but I like right. stopped in my tracks when I was reading the mm-hmm. pages yeah. about it because I really love sort of even just starting with like, this could be called, um, you don't know where you are and you're free, like therefore mm-hmm. you're free because you don't right. know where you are and having the portal being like, what if I had a- access to absolute freedom in this moment? Mm-hmm. Like that is so helpful and kind of breaking through feeling trapped in a brain cycle of mm-hmm. anxiety about not knowing what you're doing or who you are or what your next step should be. It's like helpful in kind of breaking those narratives within your brain mm-hmm. where you get trapped in like heaviness rather than progress, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the creative prompts and the ecological connections, it's like, there are all of these things that you can then turn to once you've sort of broken out of that cyclical thought that you're kind of feeling paralyzed by. There are so many tools and strategies for moving through the card that you've drawn mm-hmm. that it just feels like if you were, if Esther came into a situation where she was hyper-focused about one issue, she could also go through the whole deck and find the card that felt the most relevant and then go right. through that process, even without the sort of like, I guess, divine intervention of pulling a card specifically, mm-hmm. which is yeah. cool because you even start by saying this can be a way that you use this. It doesn't have to just be like divination methods you can intentionally choose cards that you're trying to focus on and that's one of the beauties of having the 52 cards and the 52 weeks structure and encouraging that at the beginning of the book is like you can create a whole year's worth of growth for yourself using the cycle that we're being brought through through the 52 cards Mm -hmm. which is just so wise it just feels so like I don't know, soulful to have all of this specific help, like very helpful, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and, but also, I mean, just the, the what's, you know, the, there's the book and all of that, but just the, the cards themselves, mm-hmm. they're, they're so, they are these, they're like, uh, you know, like Hobbit, Hobbit houses have a round door. Yeah. Yeah. Like each one is like a little Hobbit house door. Mm -hmm. And um, and you can't get into the house without the door. And right. And just just like what Esther was saying about feeling like a sense of curiosity when she sees one of the cards. And that's like because Mm of the art being so beautiful and so moving Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. And there's so much like like involvement that you want to get when you're looking mm-hmm. at it you're like what more is there like this is yeah. so cool how can I dig even deeper <laughs> yeah I mean like a peach so ripe we're talking about a peach here it's just a peach on a tree but look at the the tree trunk at the bottom the root system and then the, the tree the the peach at the top just hanging down looking at the tree trunk like how could I, you not I just look at that and be like oh I'd like to be a peach a ripe peach is okay with me too. You know, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's the, the artwork and the cards just flow. So I know it wasn't effortlessly. I know this was a like five-year project. It sounds like (laughs) four, 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 
it, but it just, it, it seems very effortless and it's very hard. I, I know as uh, like for creators, it's very hard for that to be the end product where it seems effortless because you put so much time and effort into something, but for it to just like, for both the card meanings and the, the artwork to flow and connect in such a way from two different individuals from two different people, yeah. it's very hard for that to be accomplished. And just, it's, it's, I, I'm just more of like applauding you both as artists, as creatives saying that this is a opus in my opinion, like a, a Magnus opus. That's it. You of... guys get to retire now. Esther decided. This is your you life's put work. That, put that on your LinkedIn. I was, my, my art deck was called, my, my, my Oracle deck was a Magnus opus quoted by somebody else. Yeah. From Esther. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you can really tell that you guys worked very, very closely together on this. Mm -hmm. It was not a sort of thing where it was like one directional. And then you like, it's not like you, I would never have the impression that Ray like sent Laura letters with like, this is what this card should look oh, yeah. like. And then Laura just did that. Uh -huh. <laughs> like there are a lot of historical tarot decks where that was the case. Mm -hmm. Like the entire Frida Rider Harris. Wade Smith. Oh yeah. Well, Rider Waite Smith, but also Toth. It's Probably, like, yeah. there was an author telling an artist what to create and it's really one directional. And it feels mm -hmm. like this feels just so collaborative. Like you can tell that a lot of it was born out of conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and also like just listening to both of you guys talk, I, I what I'm hearing is like um, it's almost as if um, what you're touching on is something that Ray and I often talk about, and often what we touched on one, while we were collaborating, mm -hmm. which is you know like Ray might want this and I might want that, and then like pausing and getting quiet and just being like, well, what does Kentigy want? And really mm -hmm. view Kentigy as a living entity and as something that is alive and has like a voice of its own mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. Ray and I are very different people <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah we, we have a, we're very complimentary but we're also really different and um we didn't always want exactly the same things mm -hmm. and so at that point it's like well how then do you get in touch with this this underlying overarching all around sense of this unseen energy that's manifested into a physical project but for years it was can we listen can we actually hear what this wants because this particular energy of Kantiji is connected to you know internal healing of the mm -hmm. of the self on an individual level but when you're doing that you're actually healing and that's rippling out and reverberating you know, to, to the people around you. And then it also calls for action and connection to listening to the earth. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Another thing too, that, um, Laura and I spoke about, um, is just this idea of the poison as the medicine is mm -hmm. a big theme with Kantaji. Um, so obviously we wanted to create an ecological Oracle deck because, we're really hurting mm -hmm. about, about like, you know, we both love nature. And yeah. You know, we both have all kinds of emotions about what's happening in nature. And so to spend four years, like really staring at that and working with it and, and then just the things that we were coming up with um, as artists were, were based on things that we were experiencing that, maybe we're beautiful or maybe we're hard or maybe both. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so 
there was this all this all this way of like going into the poison to turn it into medicine that could then be medicine for people who are going into their poison um mm-hmm. and and guide them to their to the to whatever medicine was in within whatever they're experiencing right exactly yeah. because i think a lot of the times people really don't know where to get started with any of it just like we get questions constantly for the podcast where people are like, I know that I want to do, so I know I want to change something about what's mm-hmm. going on in my life and I don't know where to start. And so when people create something while they're going through major life changes, like new motherhood and like whatever life changes they are, and you get the result of that work that they've done through the art that they produce, it's so helpful mm-hmm. to be able to say like, maybe this is a path forward. Mm-hmm. this is like somebody that seems like they really at least through this specific situation figured it all out and they can help me also figure it all out and I know that both of you do mentorship work a lot so that's something that seems like it probably comes naturally to you and this is like a really great sort of accessible manifestation of that because it's something that people can just pick up it's readily available <laughs> yeah. yeah and and also that we we bore really like we bore really interesting medicine mm-hmm. um into the project um oh, okay because laura had just given birth yeah and, I, and my dad had just died oh my and, gosh and other people and other things all these things were like i was kind of surrounded by death yeah yeah and, um in in many contexts of my life my teacher died in the midst of creating it so, mm. so oh my goodness we both carried this medicine of of birth and death and mm-hmm. and how both of those are create a, like bring a lot of beauty and a lot of pain and different yeah. um, totally here you know like 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 being a new mom is one of the hardest things on the planet mm-hmm. yeah. my brother's wife just had my parents first grandchild on last Friday so I don't have any kids this is the first niece and nephew like the first of the next generation and it's just been bringing up a lot of those sorts of feelings of like, like, this is so embarrassing. And every single friend that I've told, including like people who are trained therapists in their actual lives have been like, Holly, you don't have to let your brain think that way. But I keep thinking like <laughs> this beautiful baby who I already love so much is eventually going to lose all of us. <laughs> like, isn't that so sad? And I was just like, I had to drive six hours because my family lives in Monterey <laughs> County. So I was driving up I-5, a, a route I'm sure all of you have experienced because even <laughs> Esther has been on that yeah. road before. It's just like driving up that highway, just crying and thinking about this baby who's eventually going to have to experience great loss. And especially because all of us have had to experience enormous societal loss over the last mm-hmm. two and a half years while you're also working on that. There's like, again, all of these layers of like incredibly hyper-personal internal things that we're dealing with compounded by sort of everything also feeling overwhelming in general. And so you can see like that there would be a need for some sort of cycle closing and kind of understanding the holistic human experience. And part of that involves the actual earth itself. And so having this ecological component is just like really beautiful to remind, especially me who just kind of can get really like star seedy, like it doesn't, you know, I'm not of this world. So why even whatever? And then it's helpful to remember that I am of this world and this world means an awful lot to me. (laughs) Not enough that I should be crying about my niece's future loss. However, I should probably get a little bit more of a handle on that. 
but we're all just like, it's just a big, scary world. And thinking about like an infant's early stages in that, it's just wild. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Beautiful that you mm-hmm. were thinking that. Um, I Thank just, you. Like that's actually a lot of compassion and, mm-hmm. and it's so true. Yeah. So true. There's nothing wrong with, with, with crying about that. I yeah. Beautiful. I just kept thinking and I could, I could cry about it now if, if given the opportunity, but I just think (laughs) it's so interesting to think that we think of ourselves as having so much control over what goes on around us. And all of us have varying degrees of understanding our lack of control. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us feel like sort of society expects us to be way more in control than our natural instinct like our natural instinct understands that we have no control over what's going on around us. But I think like maybe modern culture makes us yearn for that control or like mourn a loss of control that we never really had to begin with. And it just Mm -hmm. causes all of this, I guess, like feeling of loss. And so having any of this, just to go back to the book, even like having sort of tasks to accomplish, if you start feeling that sense of loss, you have a task to accomplish. It can redirect your brain from just being like, we're just spinning through space. What's happening to being able to be like, I need to get into the desert and I need to go find a tiny little flower or a tiny little rock or like a little tiny spring or something. And just like be back on the planet, acknowledging Mm -hmm. what's happening here to my body (laughs) in this space. (laughs) I clearly have been thinking about this a lot. I think aunthood (laughs) has brought out some existentialism in me. So I have a question. What yeah, came Esther, first? Save everyone from me talking I, about no, this. No, it's, 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 <laughs> it's more, it's more just like, because of my curiosity, I've had this question since the start of us and I've been just waiting for the moment to pounce. Um, <laughs> what came first, the oh. artwork or the definition, or did you collaborate on all those things simultaneously? Um, it was a mixed bag. I would say that there are some like primarily I would say that Ray, Ray drove like ideation and concept and then we would con- like have a conversation about it. And um, from there, you know, the, the, the imagery would kind of unfold, you know, with insights uh-huh. of her. Um, and then maybe I changed something and then it would change her hers. And then there mm-hmm. are a couple of images in the back that I just painted. And okay. then she was like, oh, I'm thinking about that. So there's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was like a, I would say a, some telepathy going on as well. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing each other well. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So it, was a, it, it wasn't so, um, it wasn't so linear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Which is great for a round deck just to yeah. bring that in even yeah. more. And then where did the idea for the backs come from? Like conceptually, to me, it looks like a spider web, but it also could be like the face of the moon, something like that. Where did that sort of come from? I would say that the imagery on the back, like the, the, main, the main imagery of the web with the internal watercolor imagery was almost entirely Ray's idea. I mean, okay. yeah, she came up with that imagery. And then in terms of how it like, landed and then shifted with what I needed design wise for it to mm-hmm. we that was a point of contention like she wanted it to be a, a different color and I wanted it to be a, like that color mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well I yeah. actually I, I, 
I was really open. I just wanted to see this one color. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, with the card back, I was like, um, it was like a really strong boundary. I was like, I really needed to be this. I really like it this way. Uh-huh. Um, the, like the, my connection with the element of water is just, you know, it's, it's something that I don't even fully understand myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all of the, like all of the, um, uh, all of the paintings are through watercolor and I, I, my, my psychic senses, um, the water element, um, is conduit, um, uh, to mm-hmm. the ancestor realm, to the ascended realms, to our higher self, to the, the spirit of the earth, mm-hmm. right. The, the mm-hmm. ocean. Um, and so for me, when I look at that card back, there's a, a water, like dreamlike um, component mm-hmm. um, that works for me. I mean, but it's also, you know, it's elusive and you can um, people, not all people might associate the card back with that particular, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stemming from the, from, from water. But for me, it was that way. <laughs> I was going to say, I love, cause I would call it green in my head, but a lot of water is green. And I think yeah. that it's kind of underutilized as a water as evoking water, but so much water mm-hmm. that we interact with is that color. That color is my favorite color water that I've swam in. And I consistently oh. in those colored waters. And, and when I'm in those waters, I feel like I'm being baptized. Yeah. And so like for me, when I saw it, it was almost like a, oh, I just, I love it. You know, <laughs> it's really beautiful. And the spider web is also so cool. Yeah. I love, I love web symbolism in general. So mm-hmm. it's, it really works. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk a little bit about the, the concept behind the imagery of the, the web? Yeah. So, um, the, the card back was, was, uh, that was one of the things that was slower to come for us. Um, mm-hmm. We had like an we had an an original image was actually a snake, and okay. it was a poisonous snake. Hmm. But neither of us were wowed by how it turned out. I like I thought we were gonna continue riffing on it, but Laura was just like, ah. <laughs> 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 <Honestly. laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and um, and then I think there was like you know there was. Uh, there, oh, the the juniper caduceus was yeah. that um, which became an archetype was was mm-hmm. the next attempt, and both of us were like, well, that's a beautiful image, but it looks more like an archetype than a card back. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, um, and um, and then uh, I don't know, I just it it just kind of came to me. I think that that maybe the the infinite web, which is one of the archetypes, had had occurred recently, mm-hmm. um, or like you know, come into some sort of, uh, form of being, whether conceptually or, or, um, work on it. But, um, I just, I felt very strongly that there needed to be something animal on the back because animals have choice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and then there, you know, just the idea of the web and how everything is like you feel everything on it mm-hmm. and I feel yeah. like that's such a core like it's not stated so much in mm-hmm. in the work but it I feel like it's such a core message of like anything that you do yeah. for good or is yeah. or neutral is going to be felt yeah mm-hmm. right and so it's like even and and I think that's the some of what I I is so important to me in in just giving people like well you can just you know do this, do this one little thing for the earth. 
-hmm. and it's 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 a ripple you're sending out into the web and Mm -hmm. that's gonna that's gonna create change that you can't see yeah I was gonna say even if you don't feel that it's explicit I think it's implied so yeah throughout that that's definitely the vibe that Mm -hmm. it like comes across overall yeah yeah and I and I I just felt like ultimately like um the that's what that that was the thread that I felt was in everything that the that Cantigy was about yeah Mm. even though I would have loved to have the swarm of bees be on the back of every single card (laughs) I think the web was a good call (laughs) the swarm of bees card cracked me all the way up when I first saw it it's just such a great great image good And Esther is a, has a bunch of pet snakes. And so we always, oh, yeah. there yeah. are card decks that have a lot of snake imagery. It's something mm-hmm. that we always really appreciate, but I still feel like the web is probably more symbolic of the general vibe of mm-hmm. what we're talking about with ecological concerns and all of that stuff than basically any other option would have been. I think maybe an abs- a fully abstract back could have also yeah. worked, but I think that the web is really drives home some of what you were talking about of just mm-hmm. like, you know, this is all, we're all feeling what's happening around us. And even if we're not really aware of it, if we're all sharing the web, then we are experiencing it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. What was the first card you all sort of conceptualized and completed? <laughs> do you remember? I, I, I do remember. Because uh, I, I, I usually, I usually ask like, what's your favorite card, but I don't want to put y'all on the spot like that. So what's your first <laughs> card? First <laughs> um, so so the 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 initial archetypal ideas were mm-hmm. all I were um, I think there was like something like thirty or something that I extracted oh. from mm-hmm. the the stories that I had written mm-hmm. and then like like Laura was like uh uh-uh. like half of them <laughs> <laughs> and then but which was great because then I was yeah. like oh okay these are this is the kind of stuff that she likes and so then mm-hmm. it kind of gave me a sense of what else to to do from there mm-hmm. um but from that the first one I remember you painting Laura was you don't know where you are but you're free oh yeah I really I love that that yeah. one yeah that was the first well, card I drew from the yeah. deck too <laughs> and it was one of the last stories I wrote because I was just like what do I do with this <laughs> <laughs> oh it's such a like I love the expression and the movement mm-hmm. in it it just feels so exciting mm-hmm. like there's something happening in this card and that's like exactly yeah. what it should be conveying I just love it well, there's a snake at the bottom of that card. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I actually, unlike you, Esther, have a phobia of snakes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and so okay. for me, like you don't know where you are. There's like snakes around, but snakes I'm, around. Okay. Very liberating idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> I because I looked at the card because usually like these unknown sort of cards you know just like the moon you know there's creepy animals there's usually darkness but this one seems very light and I was like oh you got a snake friend there so <laughs> we're excited about so, the snake <laughs> we're excited about this and we're excited about moving on because like you know sometimes like moving on and you not knowing where you are in life is very daunting but for me it was such a hopeful card because I'm at that sort of space right now where I'm like I have no idea what's going on at any given moment I don't know what's going to happen in the future but hey I'm free from what I was you know held captive in previously so, you know, at this point, it's just like, uh, where it's, it was just like a very, instead of, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm in this place of like 
not knowing where I'm at and it's very negative feeling with especially with the cards being white and very light in the background you also just have this very joyful person on the card just kind of excited to be yeah adventurous yeah yeah and so that I think was a very interesting perspective on this the title especially but just though it just kind of just shows like the way that the art and the I don't want to say the title of the card but the meaning of the card just kind of both just connect in a way that is surprising and like I said before invites that curiosity to like oh I've never considered that before or oh I need to look at it from a different perspective than what I initially took it as so I got a snake friend, but I'm sorry, you're scared of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was kind of the last card that you sort of landed on and were able to sort of put together? Oh God, the last image. I mean, what was the last one? There were some of these paint. I did these paintings over and over again. What was one of the last ones? Oh, like, like the, the um, carried by the current. Carried by the current. Oh, the, the crab one, right? I think it's crab one. Yeah, but I painted that painting in many different forms, not oh. a crab, and it was just not working. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I actually yeah. had a really wonderful healing from later. I found out from a healer who is a cancer and mm-hmm. I started it after that and um, was able to complete it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Esther has a lot of cancer in her chart. And so there's always a little <laughs> bit of a crab that we're looking yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. I, I always love a good crab. So, <laughs> so I, love, I actually really love that image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. That one's probably my favorite image in the deck. Oh, well, Aww. it was work to get there. So there's an appreciation when that <laughs> yeah, happens. Yeah, you know? definitely. definitely. <laughs> You're like, we did it. We got there. Carried by the crew. Yeah. And that's also, yeah. I think like, as well, thinking about cancers and Esther's life changes that she's going through now as somebody who like we're very fixed sign energy in general. And so Esther, as she's having these major life changes happen, has not been super comfortable with it, but as time has passed in the last six months, you've gotten like so much more comfortable with it. And it's so Mm -hmm. beautiful to watch that happen. And so to have this deck kind of come into your life that you feel so connected with about Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and has all of the symbolism of like cycles completing and all expecting change and what you can do and all of that stuff is like, it just feels really important for you. And I Mm -hmm. feel you already feeling more comfortable talking about all of your life changes. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting to the point where just like, okay, that's where I'm at. And I'm being given a voice through the cards almost. Cause like, it was kind of permission. Like my first card draw the deck was, you don't know where you are, but your first, like kind of giving you permission to accept that. Yeah. Like instead of keeping, continuing to like resist it, or continuing to try to fight against the current, so to speak, you know, that you're accepting of the space that you're at and you can accept the freedom that you're given now. Yeah. So, and Ray, before you joined us, we were talking to Laura about how Esther lives in, in Korea and mm-hmm. that might be coming to an end, but it's kind of <laughs> unclear and like, what's yeah. the next step? And this is just like exactly that. Like, right, this right. It's that time for you. You're going through this. Mm-hmm. And yeah you know it's scary but also you're free you can do whatever you want yeah (laughs) so that being your very first draw is so cool yeah and just this deck has just been so encouraging because I've kind of drawn from it every day since and 
kind of, like I said before, kind of like choosing your own, own adventure for the day. Well, what do I need from spirit today? Or this is what I need today. Or, you know, I just need, you know, to dwell with something or I need to be creative. I feel this creative energy kind of coming up. So I'm going to go this direction or even just kind of picking and choosing a little bit from everything, like a little buffet is really nice too. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's been really nice to, to work with. Good. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel like that, that kind of goes along with, there's the section in the beginning where you have all of the spreads that you created mm -hmm. and there's the weather pattern section where it's like, choose the weather patterns that you're the most interested in exploring. And here's kind of what those cards could mean in these different positions, basically. I feel like the choose your own adventure method of like pick from <laughs> each card, what you need from it is sort mm -hmm. of what you're going for with the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, cause that's life is, life is so, um, unpredictable and full of, um, mm -hmm. just pain and joy and, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. pain. and, you know, you, you need different things in different moments. And, um, you know, I, I really, I, ever since I was a really small child, I've loved Swiss army knives. Oh, okay. And, and just anything like that. And, yeah. Uh -huh. and, and I'm like, you know, and I, I, I was, uh, I was homeless for a long time. So I was really into mm. things that were, um, that could have multiple purposes and I'm still mm -hmm. like that. And so of course, Candidate is going to be yeah, like yeah, yeah. You're after something that's multi-purpose and can help yeah. in all sorts mm -hmm. of scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need now? Here's yeah. Things, I, yeah. Love <laughs> I love the idea of this being like a Swiss Army knife of oracles. Like <laughs> it totally works. I mean, I, I wish that more that more authors mm -hmm. would create this extensive of information yeah. because it really does mean that it's almost like there's a safety net so people can take what mm -hmm. they need from it because there are so many things laid out as options that you're not feeling adrift. You're like, really? Okay. Well, I can choose from these options that have been laid before me. Mm -hmm. And that can just be so beneficial when you're feeling yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you have any I other think... questions, Esther? I feel like we've taken up so much of your time I know, tonight I and I, I think, really appreciate it. I think that's it, it for me. I don't, I mean, I, I just want to know favorite cards, but we don't have to say that on air. So <laughs> just, just message us later. Just message us later. I won't tell the other one at all it's secrets so <laughs> <laughs> i just want laura is there anything else that you want to share while we're yeah here? i feel like we covered we covered a lot and, and yeah. hopefully most of it will end up in the podcast <laughs> i think we're good i think we're good. yeah we think we're good okay. yeah yeah okay